mean, it's personal, first of all. And one of the things, because I'm a, a private person, so all of a sudden I've made this decision that I'm going to, not that I give every detail of my life, but I mean, I'm revealing stuff mm -hmm. to strangers. Welcome to the Crossing It Off podcast, where each episode we share the stories of individuals that are living out their bucket slash life goal lists. I am your host, Roger Williams, and through hearing our guests' adventures, my goal is that you will find encouragement and empowerment to add and cross items off of your list. At this time, I'd like to welcome my guest, Carol Yee, and she is a world traveler and food lover. Carol, thanks for coming on the show. Well, thank you for having me, Roger. I'm really excited to be here. Good. I'm excited for you to be here as well, very much so. What, what is the item you crossed off your bucket list? Um, in December 2020, I actually published um, a memoir, my memoir uh, that I had been sort of working on for a number of years. And um, it finally got published, and um, it's available for sale in ebook, paperback, hardcover, as well as audiobook. I was really excited about that. Yeah, I imagine. I'm, it's actually one of the items on my bucket list to do the same thing, not just write a book, but write a memoir. So um, lots of times when I do these interviews, I'm like, it's sometimes it's hard to come up with questions. This interview, this, this podcast, that wasn't the case. Cause I have a lot of questions. Um, when I interview someone that became a professional mermaid, it's like, well, I don't know how much that's <laughs> going to pertain to me. It's hard for me to come up with questions, but, but this one uh, hits home very much. So um, what motivated you to want to write the memoir? I had always along the way, jotted notes down. Um, I, I do travel a lot for both work and pleasure. And I would always like make notes of my impressions of places, uh, foods that we ate, um, restaurants we went to. All of notes just kind of started stacking up. <laughs> and then I was um, working for a company. Um, we had international projects, um, but they were a very domestically focused company. And so some of my uh, coworkers struggled with how to work effectively within an international environment. And I decided that this was a time to take out those notes and uh, write a memoir that was part memoir, part um, how to um, be more comfortable traveling, and then also what I get out of traveling and why I think traveling and um, meeting new people and trying new foods is so important. So what you've, you've said it here that it took you a long time. I read some other place where you said you struggled with getting the book out. What were those things that you struggled with? Why did it take you so long to get the book out? I kept rewriting the, the food chapter. <laughs> right? <laughs> chapters. That chapter was just so fun. Um, I didn't know how to go about writing a book. I had never done it before. Um, it seemed quite daunting. Um, I didn't know anybody that had written a book other than, you know, kind of a, um, a scholarly uh, type book, mm -hmm. um, but, you know, either a fun book or a memoir or even a novel. I didn't, I didn't know how to start. Um, so I joined some writing groups and, you know, we all were writing our pieces, but it kind of like we were spinning our wheels because nobody in the group knew how to go about publishing book. Um, then I, through LinkedIn, I, I connected with a professor at Georgetown University, 
And he happened to be, he, he sent me an email one day or a message and he's like, um, do you know anybody that wants to write a book? I have this book writing program at Georgetown. I'd like you to spread the word. And I was wow. like, well, <laughs> I kind of want to write a book. And so it's called Book Creators and he still runs it at Georgetown. And it's a program where for five months you are in the Book Creators part of the, the program where you end up with a, manu- a full manuscript by the wow. end of the five months. You have a developmental editor that you work with, wow. uh, you have classes, you have resources, etc. And then um, Book Creators is affiliated with um, a hybrid press called New Degree Press. And you work with them for the next five months. So basically, in less than okay. a year, you get a book published. And the second half with New Degree Press, you work with a marketing and revisions editor, and you get have book cover people and wow. illustrators and different things. And so I was able to finally get that book published that was, you know, maybe half, 50%, two-thirds of the way had a draft already, but it it just wasn't a full book yet. And so I was able to do that uh, through this program. Is that program, Book Creators, is that a paid program or is that a free program or how does, does it, do you have to apply to be a part of it? How does that work? It's a paid program. So um, they run, I think, three sessions a year. Book Creators is the name of the program and uh, Eric Kester is the professor that runs it. And on LinkedIn and other me- social media places, he'll just put out a call and say, hey, I'm starting a new program in you know, January, uh, whoever wants to, is interested in writing a book, please apply. And the application is just talking about yourself and what you want to write about. And you have a call with him and I've never heard of him turning down anybody. So, um, and it's a really great program that I, if without it, I would not have a published book in hand. That is a great resource. I will make sure I link that in the show notes um, for this episode. Um, was there a point in that process when you were part of that program? Was there a point that like, it just all clicked, like it all came together or was it a long drawn out process? Was there something that clicked in you and said, okay, now I know how to finish the book. Now I know, is was there something that happened along your journey that, that made it easier or was it? just slogging through? I think for some people it's slogging through, but for me, um, it helped me bring it all home Mm -hmm. because I I needed to have someone external than my friends and family validate what I was writing and that people would be interested in what I was writing. Mm -hmm. Um, It's for one thing sitting there and saying, oh yeah, this sounds really good. It's like, but who's going to buy this and will be, anybody be interested? Right. And the other thing that you suffer through sometimes is imposter syndrome. Sure. Sure. Um, and so that even during the program, I mean, there are times when you're like, nobody's going to read this. Why is anybody going to want to spend money to read this? And so having resources available to encourage you and to keep you going and hold you accountable, I think is really useful, especially for a first book where you don't really understand and know how the process works. Just, I completed the Camino de Santiago while I was on it. I met somebody that was semi-famous and uh, an author and um, they were walking along too. And um, we started talking about things that were on our bucket list. And I told him what I was doing. And, and he said, 
and about the book that I want to write. And he said, yeah, I'd read that. And that was just like something that like, just like totally inflamed my brain. I was like, really? You would read this? Okay. Well, no. <laughs> you know, because originally I, you know, it's like you said, you, you stumble into that imposter syndrome where you don't think you're good enough or that you have a good story or whatever it is. And um, for, for a published author, well-known published author to sit there and say to me, yeah, I would read that. It's like, okay, well, that's enough for me. But if I just, you know, self-publish and he buys a copy of I'm good. So <laughs> that's really good to hear. Um, what was one thing uh, that you had to overcome in the writing process? And why was it there for you? Why was that stumbling block there for you? Do you think? I think it was more just not understanding how to get a book published. Um, that really was um, the stumbling block. I mean, on the writing side, like I said, there were chapters I loved and I focused on, and there were a few chapters that I thought were important to the story that I was less interested in. So those were also stumbling blocks. Um, There was one chapter um, that I talked about technology and how technology has changed from when I first started traveling as a kid till now. Mm. And I realized that aerograms don't even exist anymore. And I had to explain what an aerogram was. Okay, you're gonna have to explain what that is now because I don't remember know what that is and I'm 50. So you <laughs> help me out. Those were the really thin blue paper that you write in and then you folded it and pasted it all together. So there was no envelope and it was just like this flimsy okay. little thing that, but when you received it, you knew it came from overseas somewhere. Okay. Okay. And it's like, that was so typical back then. And I don't even know when it went out of vogue, but I realized that there are no aerograms anymore. So that technology section, even though I lived it, I wasn't really necessarily paying attention to Mm -hmm. what was happening when. And so I found it very challenging to write about. But yet, if I was writing about a memoir about myself and my travels and my development as a person, I felt that the technology part there were stories I wanted to tell there. And so um, that was a challenging uh, point for me. My previous life, I worked with teenagers and I always would tell them, I'm like, you, I'm so jealous of you because you have, we used to have to, you know, when I was in high school, used to have to uh, call up the uh, travel agent just to get a, a ticket an airplane ticket and you wouldn't there weren't resources but you had to go to the library to find a book about the location that you wanted to go to and get information and then you then again you still had to rely on the, the travel agent to tell you which hotel that was best to stay at and that was their suggestion based on their income not necessarily maybe the best place for you or whatever and now people just have all the information that you know, inside their phone to be able to say, what do I, where do I go? What do I want to do? So, um, and what's the best place to do it at? And that just the availability of information to, to travel now is, I think it's just absolutely incredible. Um, so I look forward to reading that section in your book. Did you come up with like a daily writing schedule of like, you know, did it become a, did it, not saying it became a chore, but did you have like, I'm going to, force myself I, I think that was some one of the things that as I was looking at and as I'm looking at writing a book myself is that I wanted to be able to be in a place where I wasn't disturbed and that I had a, a schedule of writing you know I'm going to write this much or I'm going to try to get this many words done or was it just a free flow is there something that worked better for you and what would you suggest to others yeah I mean when you read books about writing, oftentimes they say, oh, yes, I get up at four every morning and write, you know, 5,000 words before breakfast. I mean, that's not me. Uh, how 
I wrote, I didn't have a daily word count or a daily time that I wrote at. What I knew was I had deadlines or milestones, like, you know, by December 10th, I had to be done with, you know, three chapters. Um, and I wrote to those deadlines. That's what worked for me. But every, every writer, I think, is different. So, you know, however you works for you, as long as you're writing and you're getting to an end product, that's what's most important. Um, but through the, the Book Creators Program, you found that there were you know, people that had all different styles mm -hmm. um, and there wasn't one right or correct uh, style to, to focus on. How did you find that style for you? Was it just trial and error? Was it just talking to other people and listening and hearing somebody else's idea? How did you figure out what your style was going to be? I think, it, I mean, for me, it just came naturally. I mean, I, I knew I, I didn't want to set up a schedule because they they suggested setting up a schedule, you know, from six to eight, right, right, or whatever. Um, I didn't, I didn't want to be boxed in like that. I wanted to write when I um, felt like, not, not felt like it, but was inspired to write. Um, and, you know, sometimes it was on Saturday morning and sometimes it was at eight to 10 o'clock at night. So to me, I didn't want to box myself in and feel like, okay, I have to sit at my computer at this time and then have nothing come out to me that was more frustrating or discouraging than if I just sat whenever um, I was inspired to do so. So it just came naturally to me that that's how I needed to, to work. And, you know, in my, my, my own work, I mean, my professional life, I mean, I always work to deadlines. I never said, oh, I have to do, you know, X amount of work today. I just knew that by this date, I had to complete okay. this. And however I did that, whether I stayed up till midnight or just did a little bit every day, you know, it depended on my schedule and, and what I was working on. So I think I just, that was a carryover to um, my writing style. You would start writing when you were inspired. Is there something that you did to get inspired? Was there, was, did you have a ritual? Did you go back through your notes that you had taken for so many years and, and reread them or what, what was the thing that inspired? Was it, did you go outside and get in nature? Even though I wasn't conscious of it, I think um, when you're writing a book, you're oftentimes thinking about it mm -hmm. um, in your mind, even if you're washing dishes or cooking dinner or working or whatever. And so I think I was just working through things. And so then I would be ready to write. Um, at a certain time. Um, but I didn't realize it for a long time that that's what I was doing. And um, a friend of mine says, well, aren't you thinking about your book? It's like, well, no. And then I realized, well, maybe I am. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, there's nothing dramatic about, you know, what inspired me, but it was just, um, for me, that happened to be the right time. And I would sit down and write. You talked about just there about a friend kind of um, holding you accountable. Outside of the program the book creators was that did you find yourself telling people like sometimes I'm like I don't want to talk to people about it because then I'll have too much accountability <laughs> but at the same time I like some accountability I think for me I need to sequester myself away and from everything um what was that what was that like were there people that were pushing you that you said you said your family knew and stuff but were they pushing you and holding you accountable and was that something you needed or you wanted or was it? I still um, belong to a writing group, even mm. though I was doing the program. And um, I think it, was, it wasn't like they, every time we met, they said, oh, you know, how many words do you have right. now or anything? Yeah. Yeah. But they were there and they were very supportive and, and they were um, 
making sure that I finished. Mm. Um, because I think so many times, I mean, maybe not so much within book creators, even though I, I do know that some people don't ever finish mm-hmm. even book creators, but the majority of people do. And um, I know that if for whatever reason you decide to put it aside, it's really hard to come back to. And so just the program was holding me accountable, but also um, my, my writing group, they were, they knew what I was doing. They knew I wanted to do it and they were looking forward to reading it and they did read um, parts of it along the way to help me along. So, um, you know, there's a, there's real people there that you're feeling obligated to. It's not just like, Oh, classmates that you'll never see again, maybe, but I mean, these are friends and, and colleagues that it's like, yeah, you know, this is really important. You, you want to do it. So let's do it. The support I got them from them is, was really great. What do you think makes writing a memoir different than say writing nonfiction or fiction? What's, what's the difference in the, in the presentation or what, the author is trying to get out of writing the book for? I mean, it's personal, first of all. And one of the things, because I'm a, a private person, so all of a sudden I've made this decision that wow. I'm going to, not that I give every detail of my life, but I mean, I'm revealing stuff mm-hmm. to strangers that do I want to do this? So there were certainly times when I thought, had to stop and think to see, is this something I want to write oh, about? Wow my own life but then also it's like well I should write about it I mean this is an important milestone or event in my life or uh, an important part of my personality that I think should be out there if I'm going to tell my story if I'm going to write my memoir I shouldn't shortchange people by uh, keeping back part of who I am but that was a really challenging part of writing a memoir because it's not like fiction or nonfiction where you're, you know, fiction, you're creating people and you uh-huh. know, it can be anything you want. And in nonfiction, you know, you're writing about a, a certain topic. So, you know, you're an expert in that or, you know, know a lot about it. But memoir is really in the in a gray area between the two because you're writing about yourself. And one of the things that I've heard about writing memoir or piece of advice, I think I was watching a YouTube video or something that, they talked about not necessarily having an end goal for the reader, but that you want to present information and let them take what they will out of it or get to, you know, did you, did you find yourself believing that or that or was, or do you feel like writing a memoir, you should have a, have a point that you want a takeaway at the end of, the, of someone reading the book? I had not heard that. So I, I have to think about what you just said, but I mean, for me in my book, um, there was a takeaway, mm-hmm. but it was up to the reader about if they wanted to um, grasp that takeaway. I mean, they could read the book and just say, oh, this is, you know, this, this girl uh, story and, yeah. and is, uh, it's really interesting what she's saying. But right. my takeaway was travel makes us better people. Um, travel um, both educates us and opens us to new experiences and new people. And oh, by the way, that Afghan halfway across the world, you know, they want the same things we want. We, they want a job, they want to provide for their family. And if I didn't travel, I wouldn't know all these things. So that was a takeaway that, you know, we should, you should, 
I think people should get over their fears of traveling sure, and travel, sure. even if it's to Europe, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Just get out of your comfort zone and, and go someplace new. And so, you know, whether or not the reader at the end of the day actually realize that that was something that they should do too, I don't know, but I put it out there for them to, to act on if they want it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. That's a, that's a great way to look at it. I think um, I was, I've been struggling with that a little bit when I heard that as well. It's like, do I need to have a point right for my memoir? Well, sure you do. You have to, there's gotta be a story and a story arc at some level. Um, but I do want to tell my story and it's actually a story of my relationships with my dad and my son and, hmm. and comparing and contrasting those a little bit. And um yeah, so so I want people to walk away with something, but I don't want to shove it down their throat or be like, this is the point at the, at the end, like a thesis statement or something. So thanks for that. Uh, what is one thing you would suggest to help someone else be successful at writing a memoir if they had if they were gonna try to cross it off their bucket list? Well, first of all, just do it. I mean, even if you never publish it, I think writing your memoir sure. is really important for yourself, your family, your kids, you know, whomever. Um, I know, you know, for my, for my own family, I, am an only child, but I have lots of cousins and they all have Mm. children and some of their children, you know, don't know any of the stories from when I grew up, um, you know, about my grandparents, et cetera. Mm. Now I didn't necessarily include a lot about them in my book, but I included some, and I had some of my second cousins said, Oh, I didn't know that. So I think it's really important to to write it down, uh, especially, you know, to get those thoughts down before, you know, either parents, grandparents pass away, or, you know, as time goes, we all forget, you know, the little details that make uh, a book really interesting. So that's one thing. But I think, you know, finding other like people um, to help and encourage you to hold you accountable is really important. I mean, book creators is one program, but there are other programs out there. There's also a lot of on Facebook and LinkedIn and different places. There's different um, uh, writing groups. Um, a big thing is um, writers find critique group partners or okay. partners. So there's a lots of ways, especially with the internet these days. And even though COVID is, there's lots of um, issues that have come up because of COVID. There's some positives that have also come up in that people now are really comfortable about reaching out through Zoom and and doing things virtually. So you don't have to fly halfway across the country to meet someone. So I think there are a lot of resources that authors, especially first-time authors, should uh, take advantage of and just kind of get out there. Because even first-time authors, there's groups out there for people right. that are your first time authors and just having that um, camaraderie and going through the same um, pains and issues, I think is really, uh, um, it's really good to have other people supporting you. So um, you talked a little bit about your, your, the experience that your grandparents had and other relatives, did you write them from what you knew or did you interview family members to find, you know, to get more details correct? How'd that work? Unfortunately, my grandparents are, are passed away and my mother, who was like the font of all knowledge, is also uh, gone now. So I had to kind of rely on my own memories. It was things about them that impacted me mm-hmm. and or explained where I came from or how how I ended up being who I am. 
Um, so I do talk a little bit about where they came from. My, my um, grandparents, three of them came from Southern China. One of them was born in California, which was unheard of in 1900 for mm -hmm. a Chinese person to be born there. So, you know, I was able to weave in some of those things to, to, so that the reader could understand where I came from and what my background was. So I, I personally wasn't from China. I personally, you know, um, wasn't uh, the, the child of immigrants. So my story is a little different than other people's who might be writing a different story. But those those events also impacted you in your life too. Exactly. Then, yes. As I mean, they, they, they helped me become who I am, sure. right? What's the next item on your list that you would like to cross off? So I didn't know I was going to do this, but I decided to take um, the, some of the themes of my memoir um, and create a, a middle grade young reader's story. Um, awesome. That fuck, because um, I realized I, my, my company had a, a office for a while in Northern Michigan and exposed me to, a, I've only lived on the coast. I've lived on the West Coast and now I live on the East Coast. So it exposed me to middle America. And um, I've met other people who, you know, like I said, the company I was working for, they were very domestically oriented. So I, I realized that not everybody is like me and not everybody is open to different peoples and cultures. And I think it was, I think it's very important to get younger people. So, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth grade interested in other cultures and people so that to catch them before they become set in their ways of, um, you know, you're different, um, you're the enemy, you're the other, you're, I don't like you, etc. cetera. So yes. um, that's what I'm currently working on. Awesome. And it's really exciting to me. I mean, it, and it's been challenging trying to write for fifth graders. I mean, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't have kids. I don't know how they speak. I don't know what they do these days, but I think, you know, it's an important story and um, I'm, I'm pleased that where my manuscript is at this point in time. That is completely awesome. I, I greatly, as a parent of three, I, I greatly appreciate that you have that out there. Um, I was lucky enough to support my kids um, as they were definitely in high school to travel. Um, my oldest um, went to Japan when she was 12 for two weeks and uh, Israel for two months when she was a junior in high school. And my uh, middle child, she went to Ecuador for two weeks um, and uh, traveled with a family friend and they stayed in um, stayed very locally in people's homes and stuff had a completely different experience she'd been in hotels and my son uh, traveled a lot with inside the United States and um, and had some annual things that he would do that that, that uh, encouraged his confidence as, as a person so I greatly appreciate you focusing on young people and the the manuscript I'm currently working on is um, just takes place in this in California cross-cultural between uh, three kids um, but I have visions for future books mm. featuring these characters nice. and in the future they will travel overseas um, that's, <laughs> that's the plan so yeah. I wanted to take it a little bit at a time <laughs> that's great is there anything on your list that is different than writing like do you have something that you want writing I'll throw in travel too is there something on there that's different than writing and traveling Oh, but travel. <laughs> I know it's great, but what I just want to see if you're, what else you're thinking about. I'd be interested in in learning how to um, cook some foreign foods. Okay. Better. 
I mean, better. All right. For me, I have cookbooks and I try and they never turn out very well. <laughs> so, you know, going and, you know, taking some classes or, you know, going to Italy for two weeks on a, you know, cooking training tour or whatever. Right. I mean, that to me, I think would be really interesting because I would like, you know, you can't always travel like right now. I mean, you're traveling, but you know, a lot of us don't travel right now. And if I could be cooking some of the, um, the ethnic foods that I love, that would be right. so much better, but I don't feel I, I have the knowledge or the, the skill to do so. So I think that that's something that I would love to do in the future that is similar to what I'm doing, but right. totally different. Yeah. Very cool. That's, I, I love that idea. And, I think half the time it's just the ingredients you do know yeah. is the difference. Um, yeah, you're going to be in Italy and with their great markets for uh, several months and you'll be eating well. Yes, and I do hope to learn a little, have a cook for myself a little bit. Uh, Carol, if somebody wanted to learn more about your books, um, you, where would they find you uh, and how would they get in for more information about those things? So my memoir is called Welcome Back to Abuja Once Again, How I Became a Citizen of the World. Um, I do have a website, caroljae.com. And then you can purchase my book at Amazon, Barnes & Noble's, Kobo. Um, you can order it from your independent bookstore, which I highly recommend if you have a favorite For independent sure. bookstore. Um, and then um, on my website, I will be keeping people updated on um, my upcoming book, which currently the working title is Andy Wong, Cultural Whisperer. Um, Andy is a little Chinese American girl and she has uh, is friends with um, a Palestinian American boy and then a new neighbor moves in uh, next door and she's from uh, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. So this is the, the threesome that is going, the, the story is about. So. Nice, awesome. Hey, I really appreciate you being here today and doing this interview. Uh, I know it was beneficial to me. I hope it was beneficial to others. And I wish you all the, su the success going forward with your books. And um, I will put all that information you just shared in the show notes so that people can find more information about you. Great. Thank you very much, Raja. I really enjoyed speaking with you and good luck with your book too. Thanks. Thanks. Well, uh, I might ask for a little advice. <laughs> you know where to find me. Okay. As a reminder to our listeners, in this episode's show notes, you will find links to learn more about this week's guests and information on how you can cross this item off of your list. You can follow my adventures of crossing items off my bucket list on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, new episodes of this podcast are available to stream every Friday morning. We will meet you here next week. And until then, keep living out your list. <laughs>